1: of the world, Steve Fingerstiles!
0: So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by Black Belt CBD. If you're into CBD products or you, know, or you want to try CBD products, especially if you're into MMA or if you're an everyday person, it's good for you too. Go to blackbeltcbdproducts.com. Use promo code podcast 25 They have everything from tonics to roll-ons. Anything you need or want, they have. So please, they ship within North America. And again, it's 25% off, so you can't go wrong there. And if you're a woman, that's what happens to be listening to the show today. Thank you very much. And go to poppyapparel.com and use promo code THEPODCAST. You'll get 10% off. They have everything a woman needs or wants from top to bottom that they like to shop for online. They ship worldwide, and it's free shipping if you spend more than $50. And lastly, if you're into collectibles or you're a nerd, or you're a geek, or one of those, and you like to collect signed autographs, well, I guess every autograph is signed, that's pretty redundant, but signed memorabilia is what I meant to say, collectibles, cards, comic books, anything you need or want, they have it there, they update daily, go to firstworld.ca, it's First World Collectibles, they are a Canadian company, so everything you see there is in Canadian dollars, so it'll be cheaper for all you American listeners, and they ship worldwide, use promo code THEPODCAST20, and you'll get 20% off, Go support the show on all the major platforms. Subscribe, rate, review. It's really important. It helps me out. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. So this week it's pretty weird because I'm talking to an American from the States Well, he's in Canada, and I'm a Canadian. So this is a bit weird, and this is a first for me. But this week's guest...
2: And it's Friday. It's like Freaky Friday, too.
0: (laughs) You know what? It's true. Because I'm in where where you reside in right now, in L.A., and you're in Edmonton, where I've never been, and you've been probably more times than I could count from now. But before we get to all that, let me introduce this week's guest. You might have seen him on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. He was a finalist on Last Comic Standing. He co-hosts the Daddy Issues podcast... And hosts his own MMA Roasted podcast, stand-up comedian, and in my opinion, one of the funniest people alive, Mr. Adam Hunter.
2: Oh, thank you, man. That means a lot to me. Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: No, thank you. We finally get to do this. I've been breaking your balls for how long now?
2: (laughs) I know. It's just like I I have a new baby. When you have a baby, it's like, it's crazy. do Do you have any kids? No,
0: don't have any. Don't want any.
2: Wait till you have a kid. It's just like every priority, everything you thought was a priority is no longer a priority. Uh, you know, it's just about it's just about the baby. It's all about the baby.
0: Well, so, I'll uh, never at
2: least now from, from zero to one. I think when it's a little older, it'll be different.
0: Well, I'll never know because I don't know if it cut off. But I said I don't want kids. Me and my wife are good. We we've been together almost twenty years now, and nothing, and we don't want any. We're good. Wow.
2: That beautiful wife of yours. Thank you. Uh, you seem very sweet and like a, a little bit very like a, a little intense, but, uh, uh, but nice, nice, and intense and, and, and very pretty, very pretty woman.
0: Well, that's what, what you get in the South American, right? You get that Latina heat, as they say. Yes, that's
2: true, that's true.
0: But that's funny because I saw you live and that's how we see, saw each other and then you needed to fly out to Edmonton and that's how we're doing this now, pretty much from our hotel rooms. And seeing you live, okay, I've obviously caught your stand up routine before and seen you and heard your shit. And I've been begging for you to come to Toronto for the longest time. I don't think you've ever performed in Toronto, right? No, never. Well, that's crazy. So I finally got to see you live at the Dime Bar, the the infamous Dime Bar that you always hear about on the MMA Roasted podcast. And it was a blast. It was just comic after comic. Obviously, it's you guys trying out new shit and this, this, and that. But it was still on the level where, I, even if I paid, I still would have been satisfied. You know what I mean? I think everybody should go do it if you're in LA. Honestly.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah, man. And Uncle Creepy was there too.
0: Yes, that was that was interesting. <laughs> he he wasn't shit, but at the same time, again, h- h- how many times has he performed?
2: It's got to be like his like fifth time or something. Oh, okay. Brand new at it.
0: But you know what, for a guy who's gone up there only five times, you could tell he's going to be more of a story-driven, I guess, comic if he continues to go down that road. But if he gets his shit together, he could have some good material, especially like being inside the UFC, because that was sort of, I don't want to reveal everything he talks about, but that was sort of what he was talking about, right? Him being in the UFC and what if.
2: But he's also very real. You know, he's a very real guy. He's like, he talks about being, you know, a drug addict and this and that. In fact, there was a lesbian comic that wanted to bang him. Yes. On the show.
0: Well, you know, if you can convert a lesbian, then you know you got something going, right?
2: I'm not really sure how much of a lesbian that woman was. She says like she's been married twice, something to men. I think I don't know if that's a, she's a lesbian or she's just sick of men. I'm not really sure what the deal is there, but yeah,
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, the first time I ever saw you was on Last Comic Standing. How was that whole experience? And actually, what season were you on? I don't even remember.
2: I was on season six. Okay. was... Winner- uh, Eliza Schlesinger won that season.
1: Right.
2: It was it was a it was a, a weird experience because I was on it twice before. Oh. And what had happened was I got to, like, the next round, and they're like, you guys are going to Hollywood. And then back – and then, you know, like, you know, I'm celebrating. I'm calling my dad. I'm, like, I'm in tears.
1: Right.
2: And then and they came back to me and said, hey, just because we told you that you were going on doesn't mean you're actually moving on. Like, what wow. – what, but – but the judges just told us that we were the funniest ones and like, yeah, well, so then twice they called me and said, you're no longer on the show. Like after they had told me I was on the show, Right. but like who was managing who and who the producers thought would make good ratings. So then I was like, the third time they did that to me, they told me I was off the show and then they called me and said, oh, you're back on the show. And what happened was I was like, okay, they're not going for me. They're not buying, like, me. You know, okay. maybe I'm too boring. I'm not interesting enough. I'm a nice person. I'm just not really, like... You know, not really cocky. But if I put a character on, then they'll, they'll, they'll take me. If I'm, like, the bad guy on the show. right? So I was... When I, when I was getting through, I was, like, just talking, like, I'm the greatest comic ever. No one can beat me. All these comics suck. <laughs> and then they, like... They took me right to the front of the line. But then when I was in the house, I was, like, I don't want to be known as the biggest asshole in the world. So I kind of flipped the dialogue on them and every time that they talked to me, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm all about just helping people and I I work with kids who have cancer and my mother left when I was three, just giving them a sob story, but it was not the narrative that they had already chosen. So then they pretty much stopped talking to me. Wow. And and then they wouldn't even like, they wouldn't even give me interviews, but nobody was picking me to go against. So I, I kept moving on. And at the time I was so broke the, like I knew that like checks were bouncing while I was in the house because right. I wasn't at home paying them.
1: Right.
2: And, you know everyone was thinking about like you win a hundred grand or whatever the, the the money was. I was just trying to get to the next episode so I can get that like twelve hundred dollars to pay like my rent. <laughs> like and then so that was like and then when they edited it they were kind of being funny. Like there was one time they were like Every, everything we had to do in the house was nothing to do with stand up comedy. Like, we're living in a house, it's like me, Paul Foote, Eliza, Ranji, Jeff Di, uh, this guy Marcus. And, and then they would have us, like, do, like, uh, so, like today's challenge is we're going to go to the, the, the Playboy Mansion and read kids' books to the Playmates. <laughs> now, okay, but what, what does this have to do with stand up comedy? Right. And then the next, like, we're going to have a Yo Mama contest in a boxing ring where Jamie Kennedy was the judge. I'm like, okay, that's not really comedy either. <laughs> and then the third one was like, we're going to build props at a Home Depot with Carrot Top. And then all our jokes have to have props. And then right. so we were being judged on, not stand-up comedy. So then finally, when they were like, okay, you guys are all performing next week. And I was like, yes, finally. I'm, I, I thought I was a fucking comic, <laughs> not a, you know. And then when I saw it on TV, they were <laughs> like, you're all performing. And uh you see cut to they cut they took another shot of me like this. Okay. And with my hands in my hand, and then I'm the, like and then someone else cut to like yeah, Adam was scared shitless like <laughs> that was not even like even remotely close <laughs> to what had happened.
0: Yeah.
2: It was a lot of that, but look, I mean it got me national exposure and I was sure. kind of a feature co-headliner mm-hmm. before that and since then I I've never featured except for when like, I went out with Russell Peters. It was the only time I ever featured after that. So, it was one of those things where it was, like, it took me to, like, it was the best thing for my career, but it, it wasn't, uh, it was a little frustrating as far as, like, living in a house with 12 comics, and then uh, I couldn't sleep very well, and then I decided to go off my antidepressants, like, oh, the week sure. before, because yeah. I thought maybe I would make for better TV, and that, <laughs> like, that was a mistake as well, oh, something I done, because I was very irritable, Right. like, So anyway, it was it was good.
0: Well, what's one thing that the viewers don't know that happened behind the scenes?
2: I mean, well, I mean there there was like they cut to me like I mean there was one time where it was like a yo mama contest and I clearly won. Okay. But I had to go against this like this like sketch duo and they were just saying like positive things like your mom is very pretty so it was sort of like a it was like a and but I won but I was like annoyed. And then afterwards, I'm being interviewed, they're like, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm happy to do this, because I've been screwed over a lot in my career, especially by this show. And, and then they cut out me saying, by this show. Oh, like
0: shit. Were, yeah, of course. That kind of yeah. makes sense,
2: though. At that. I go, it doesn't matter if I want or not, because right. you're all going to get edited the way you're going to. And then, like, eight producers came over to me, mm. and were like, you go, no, that's not the way that we work, and this, and that. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever.
0: Wow. So you performed on many late shows like Jay Leno, Conan, Jimmy Kimmel. Which one was your favorite? And I have to know because I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. And I don't know if you remember that episode when they were, I don't know if it was the Tonight Show or the Late Show, where George was backstage and was fumbling around and causing all kinds of shit. Do you remember that episode? No, no. Well, anyways, I just want to know, did anything happen to you like an oh fuck moment? Did you spill some coffee on you before going out? Was there something, did you forget your line? Like anything like that? Yeah, the first time I did it, I was sweating so much. I found out the day before oh, that shit. I was gonna, okay.
2: and and when I got
1: there, I was my armpits were
2: sweating. I know on last comic, my armpits were so much that when I raised my hand, you just saw huge pit stains, and it was like it was so embarrassing, you okay. know. So uh, this time they blow dried my, my armpits before I got on. Right. They took off my shirt, blow dried it, and then when I put my shirt back on, I missed a button. Oh no. And if people were watching it. They were like, "You don't know how to button your shirt." So that was that was one time. That was, and then another time was uh, I was uh, I was running. You know, it was the day of the Tonight Show, and okay. they called me like three hours before. They were like, oh, "We had to, they couldn't get they couldn't clear the Michael Jackson music that they wanted the band. They needed to calm up to run three minutes, okay. and, I, and didn't even. And they were going to be off the air in two weeks anyway, like permanently, right?" They didn't even run my set. So normally they, they go by every joke. And I'm like, I don't even know if I, I could even do these jokes on oh. The Tonight Show. Because, but I'm not going to ask because cause what's, you know, either they're going to say no. Right. So I went out there, and my first joke was I love Asian girls. That's why I got a traffic school. <laughs> and I could tell that Leno was, like, not happy with that. Right. And I was like, everything okay? afterwards he was like, yeah, you know, uh, probably not be able to say that joke. So they, they lowered the word Asian on the broadcast. So oh. all you heard was I love girls. That's why it's okay to offend all women, <laughs> just, not Asian women. Just
0: That's and, hilarious.
2: And I was sitting next to to Bill Maher. Okay. And uh Bill Maher the first time Bill Maher was like you know, they 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 told me they were gonna have cue cards for me, mm. right? And I don't need cue cards. I need my act like left, you know, back of my hand, but I'm not gonna say no, I don't want cue cards because at this point I'm not gonna just be so they had cue cards for me. And uh Bill Maher Bill next to me going, Cue cards? We never had cue cards. And I'm like, dude, I didn't want the cue cards. And he's like, like Leno, do you ever have cue cards? I'm like, Alright, dick. Like I didn't So then I was like, Bill, do you still love doing stand up comedy? And he's like, Yeah, you know, it's a lot easier when you have your own jet. And I was like, uh, I took an Uber X here. <laughs> you yeah, I I don't know what to say. And then there was a singer. Oh my god. There was a hot singer there. Okay. I, I thought that once you, you're you done talking, your mic is off. I didn't realize your mic was still hot. Oh, shit. I was singing, and I'm like, I go, Bill, that girl's pretty hot, huh? <laughs> and then you go over the, over the, the speaker, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, and my like, God. Wait for me. like,
0: Yeah. So oh, shit. Yeah, you know what? Just from listening to your podcast, anything and anything that can go wrong will go wrong, I've noticed in your career. But the thing is with you, you always bounce back, and you're able to make an act out of it, and You do all kinds of cool... Like, for example, you got to travel all over the world. Like, places like Japan, Guam, Korea, Bahrain, Djibouti. I don't even know where the fuck that is. Africa. And Guantanamo Bay, of all places as well. Like, of all these places, what was your favorite? And did you ever feel, like, in danger where you're going to get, like, oh, I'm not going to get out of this place?
2: Well, when I was in Djibouti, Africa, I was with this comic that was, like, kind of like... He was a, a black comic that was really being a dick to me. Like, he was he has been around forever, and he wasn't okay. very funny. It was just about, this was back when George Bush was the president. Oh, okay. And he'd go up there, and he'd be like, fuck George Bush. He's a terrorist. Like To like the military, like not oh, no. the guys you want to open up. And it's like that's their commander in chief.
1: Right.
2: And we were just – would, I would say things like, yeah, I don't find Eddie Murphy's movies as funny as they used to be. And then he was like, just fuck you. You got to respect Eddie Murphy. He was just – anything I said, he was being a dick to. So then we like – we went to – we went to Bahrain and there was like a massage parlor. So we went in and it was all transgenders.
1: Oh wow!
2: He runs out and I'm, like clo- and closes the door and I'm like, ah, oh, you you got me. So then we ended up going to Djibouti, Africa, and he was in a bad mood because they told us like that everything was already paid. He didn't, have- and then they tried to sh- they tried to shake us down for more money to get to the country. Oh wow! And fifteen he- year olds were like. Like machine guns in this country, so sure. uh, I ended up paying for him to get in.
1: Right,
2: and then we get to the like the, he was in a bad mood because they, they like they lost his luggage, so he was fucking oh. furious. So then we're backstage the first night, meeting the doing like a meet and greet with the troops, and he was like, "Man, this guy he banged all the transgenders, and he and he's gay, and it's not." And, that. and I, it was like eleven days of traveling in a row. I just I had enough, you right. know. So I took his hat and like. Like smushed it over his head. Okay. I'm like, oh, I'm a bitch. Like, who's a bitch? And then he came at me, and I just like underhooked him, overhooked him, and just hip tossed him on his head, oh, and it like hit all these like glass bottles that like broke. And then I just cocked back, and I'm like, who's who's getting? Uh, I was who's getting now, motherfucker. Right. Probably not even. I shouldn't have said that. But then the, the <laughs> troops had to, had to like break us up. Yeah. So we're like the comedians just came in for, for like the night to, oh, you know, fighting. So this sergeant took us. This guy, Sergeant Haggerty took us in the back. Right. And, like uh, we were in this bathroom and he's like, man, you're supposed to be here to raise our spirits. and You need to find Jesus. And then he goes, uh, I'm either going to take your money. I'm going to do like I do like my boys. I'm going to take your money or I'm going to punch you in the stomach. And I didn't really have any money. And neither did he. So he, he the guy both in the stomach, right. like, but it didn't really hurt. Cause I was so happy that I threw the other guy in his head. <laughs> and the guy, like I kind of deserve that. Right. But I remember myself, like I'm in Djibouti, Africa, in a fucking closet, getting punched <laughs> by Ackerley. Like, how many wrong turns did I make to get to this point in my life? Right. So, At one point, the Guantanamo Bay <laughs> crazy. I was there with a bunch of comedians: Guy Nema Williams, Rodney Perry, some good comics, mm-hmm. and the Victoria's Secret models were with us. Oh. But like, they were on their own separate thing. And Stephanie Powers was there. This like old school actress. So we're on like a like a we, you know we're on like a ferry to get over. To, to Cuba, mm-hmm. and you know it was like Adriana Lima, Miller, the Ubanks I and mean, oh it was my. like the top six. Right. So I was but their their spread had had. So I was hitting on them because I'm like, what, what do I gotta lose? Like, true. You're like, hey, like I get, oh, I got turned down by a Victoria's Secret model, you know? Yep. And I, I, they appreciated the fact that I was the only one balls enough to talk to them because they were kind of like smiling. I like, I don't think that I was like close to hooking up with them, but they were definitely like impressed by the balls I had, you know. And they were. Yeah. I was inviting them to the show, and it was going well. Okay. But then this other comic, Nima, he was he's like he's like in the jail. He's a little bit. He's a white guy, but he does mostly black rooms. And uh, he went up to Salida, and he was like, "Well, first, all these troops were online to take a picture with Marissa Miller." Okay. And I was. I, can I take a picture with you, and she's like, I go, can, you, "Can you take a picture?" She goes, "Okay." Then I gave her my camera. Mm-hmm. and i had to take a picture with my friend, like, and everyone. Else. But then the other guy went and did the same thing to Selena Eubanks, and he was right. like, "Hey, I'm gonna take a picture with you and cut out the mouth later and fuck it."
0: Oh and my god!
2: She flipped on him, like, "Who the fuck you think you're talking to?" And they started. He's like, "Fuck you!" So now we were banned from talking to the models after that. Like, right. we, we we're not allowed to talk to them. And I was so pissed because they were gonna come to our show, and in my head, I had this whole. Like they were gonna see me and think I was funny and right. hate me and uh, all. I had this whole, but uh, we like missed the flight. <laughs> with the flight. flights, so then they took us to uh, where the prisoners were at. Oh shit! We got to see the the prisoners, and it was right after all those things came out where people were getting tortured. Oh. Um, right. So they were really saying like, yeah, they have three meals a day, and they get to the, you know watch TV. And here's where they play soccer, and here's where they have therapists. And right. it made it, it was like, I'm like, can I live here too? You know, that's so I was being a wise guy. Like, how much is the rent? You know. But then when we saw the guys, oh my God. their beards were like five times the
0: size of yours. Oh shit. They they were looking like like a pit bull
2: being trapped, and they were yelling, help, help, wow. help. But half of them had, like, lawyers there. It was... it,
0: <laughs> what the it was fuck?
2: It, it, it was very trippy. It was... That was a little bit like... I'm like, that guy doesn't seem like he's too happy. The guy yelling like, help on uh, you know. know. But it was... But they were saying that, like, a lot of them, they're stuck <laughs> there because they got caught trying to murder troops. And now if they go back, they're going to get murdered because... Right. So, their uh, gang or whoever they were with is not was no longer in power.
0: Oh, I so
2: don't want to go back, but they don't want But then we can't keep them here forever. Cause it's costing a fortune. So now they're in this, and then a lot of them they they went and they rehabilitated and did all this stuff for, brought them back, let them go, and then caught them again
0: trying to murder right. us. So it was it, it was a mess. The whole thing was a mess. Oh my God! Okay, I got. To know, I know you're a married man and you're you monogamous in your relationship and all that. But what has the best ladies? What country did you hook up with that had the craziest or the beautiful? Whatever in your mind makes a perfect ten. I
2: mean, I hate to say it, but Canada yeah. usually has the coolest, hottest women. Uh, and I had. I mean, I remember one time I had two ring girls like my, that met me at the show afterwards, like. I had a threesome and like, I remember the girl blowing me and then going, welcome to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is a pretty good, uh. so I would say Canada, I mean, oh, wow. I mean, the, the easiest place is probably sometimes New York, but only because all the tourists are there. Right. And they're there and like, they're there on a vacation and one of their goals is like hook up with a New Yorker, you know, like it's a fucking bucket list thing, but I mean, Canada's got some pretty, they're pretty, they're pretty chill. They don't have uh they're not too stuck up in Canada.
0: Well, again, you haven't been to Toronto, so just wait, my friend.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought about Calgary and Edmonton.
0: Well, there's nothing really, I'm sorry to say, there's nothing to do out there. And you know how it is, being from L.A., whatever is a 10 out there is probably like a six in Toronto, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Sam Tripoli had a great joke about that, how like, you know, all these angry hot women in L.A. Right. Because. Everybody was like a ten in their hometown, and they came to LA. He's like, it's like it's Superman went back to his, his own his own planet. Right. It would not be man, he'd just be some dumb, dumb guy with a fucking cape. You
1: know? <laughs> it's true. That's a good one. Oh my god.
0: Okay. Other than doing stand up, you also do some acting, do some writing, and you also have an upcoming series potentially. pin That you've just finished. I guess you wrapped it up. It's all done. You're just in post. I guess what they say.
2: Yeah, we're just in. Uh, I mean, we're literally like we have like five shots left, and not even like shots, just like five. Like, I need a picture. I need. I need a. I need a shot of a house, or I need a shot of a of like a. I need. I need like a skyline. You know, like not even like things. I have to go out and like film an actual scene. I have like five shots just to grab, and then I'm just doing the music right now. Um, okay. And because you know it's hard, because it's like you can't. Use things that have already got me out there because I think mm. we're going to submit it uh, to festivals and everything like that. And, right. And, you know, I mean, maybe you could, but we decided not to. And so scoring it is a whole separate thing, but we're almost done. And then it's just a matter of like, I mean, you know, I, I, I crowdsourced it. So I tried to raise a half a million dollars for a movie and I got to like 11 grand. Uh, and then, but I got like 400 people that donated.
0: I donated
2: yeah, but then people were like, "Where the fuck's my movie?" One guy was accusing me of like taking his money, <laughs> don't buy it or something. And I'm like, "Dude, oh my god, I'll give you your money back." I was like, "How much money did you donate?" I don't even, I don't even have like, my my dad has the list. I'm like, okay. tell me, tell me I'll, I'll I'll PayPal you whatever you." And he's like, "No, man, I want you to make the movie." So, so it was one of those things where I was, <laughs> so I'm like, "What do I do?" And then people right. were like, "Dean," I'm like, "Yeah, but you know, the problem was like somebody in you know Kentucky." gives you $100, mm. and then you shoot a teen, he's going to feel like he got robbed, he got ripped off. Mm. So I wanted to sh- do a pilot, and I did. We shot a pilot, we did everything bare bones, I had to rewrite the script, and I had to like, take out anything that would cost money, really, to shoot, and like figure out where we could use one location that equals six locations, and we shot at my house, which my, my wife almost left me, <laughs> uh, and at the wrestling, at, like my garage, converted to a wrestling room, and then mm. at the pool that I coach at. So we had a couple free locations, which were good. Okay. And then, you know, I paid all the actors, but, you know, I paid them, you know, minimum, but they got paid. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, now it's just a matter of, like, I'm going to take it and uh, condense it into a, a sizzle and try to pitch it that way. Totally. But also, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably put, I'm gonna put it on YouTube and be like, hey, here's a 23-minute you know, thing that you guys pay for. Uh, That way, you know, a lot of times it's like, you know, the thing with kicks, you do a Kickstarter. If you don't make your goals, you give the money back. It's great, but you kind of wasted everyone's time.
0: Right.
2: Indiegogo, you get to keep the money minus like, I think it's 10% or something. It goes to them. But, but then you're like, if you don't reach your goal, you're kind of stuck in a situation like, all right, what do I do? But I'm happy with it. Happy with the performances. Um, happy with like you know it's hard like we had like for one role we had like five actors bail out the week of
1: oh shit.
2: Uh, so and then uh and then people like because i'm producing it i had to know everyone's lines in some ways
1: yeah
0: to, makes sense
2: you know um so it's hard enough to like know my own lines but now <laughs> i have to make sure everyone's happy and keep right. everyone but but it was great it was I think it's the funniest thing I've ever done, um, and I'm really, really happy with it. And, like, my friend Joey Medina directed it. He's a great comic, and uh, we had, like, Dean McDermott's in it and Amy Paprath, who used to host Naked Dating. She was on E! This girl, Lauren Compton, who was, like, a, the cover of Playboy, that's the one that pissed off my wife because she was my girlfriend in it. I didn't really say we were going to do the scene in, in my bed. I didn't tell my wife that, so I had to burn the sheets. Oh, wow. That's a whole other thing. Uh, and then, um... <laughs> Papa Lucci, who I actually went to high school with, the son of James Belushi, Jim Belushi. And then um, he's a really good actor as well. He was actually on that wrestling team. And then uh, my friend Aldo, who I coach with, uh, Eve Edwards is in it. Oh, nice. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really, really fun. And then, like, the kids, like, half the kids that we cast are uh, um, on my actual team. And then half the kids are just actors, which is actually another thing. of having to control the kids that you coach Wow. I almost had to make push-ups on the set for like fu- <laughs> like fucking around. Right, right. <laughs> and then the other kids would wrestle them, but the other kids are mm-hmm. being wise guys. Part of the other kids, the other kids were actually disciplined. My kids were just having fun the whole time, but you wanted them to have fun. So, it was like, oh, that's you know.
0: true too. Oh shit, that's okay. Well, before we move on, what's the premise of Pin? Just so if people don't know,
2: it's like, uh, it's about a comic who's like just stuck in his career. And his his right, but he was a big high school wrestling star, and his high school wrestling star uh, coach is is, is is has cancer. So then he goes back and uh, gets convinced to coach the, 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 the middle school team. He has to go back to his hometown, and then the guy that beat him is now coaching the rival school, and then the principal uh, who was used to be the teacher hates him, but his the principal's daughter is super hot, oh. and he, he's and it's just like it's a. And then he's living with his grandma, who's like the horniest grandma in the history of the grandma. It's just, And then the kids are just a bunch of fucking lunatics, you know? Uh, so it, it's, it's a lot of fun.
0: No, it sounds great. Oh, my God. I, I can't wait to see it, and I'm sure it'll get picked up. Because this thing has morphed into so many things, but I think you found it what it wants to be, and now moving forward, I guess it's easier, like you said, to pitch it, right?
2: Yeah, and I'm just, you know, even even if it goes nowhere, like, I'm not, like there's really, no, it's not a loss. Right. Um, I'm happy I did it, you know? I, I'm happy that people will see it, you know? And I'm happy that people will see it, and, you know, it, it's, it'll, it'll be free. I'd almost rather people see it like this than, in some ways, like, get picked up by some obscure thing that no one's ever going to see, Makes
0: you know? Sense. yep.
2: Because I've done a lot of things that, like, man, I had one TV show I sold to Fuel TV. Hmm. We shot a pilot, and Fuel became Fox Sports 2. And I had to wait a year to get it back. Then I... Wow. revamp oh and i sold it to uh I, I changed it around i sold it to uh esquire hmm. shot a pilot And esquire went under wow. and the, now i have the show back it's like so it's like i've done a lot of things that were really cool that no one will ever see um but that's just the nature of the beast
0: yeah i could imagine how, how many projects are out there that don't see the day of light right
2: yeah i mean and some of the funniest shit i mean I still think like we had Corey Holcomb I don't know if you know Corey who was like the most offensive black comedian misogynistic we had him at like an old age home right. telling that he was because it was like called kamikaze comedy where we ambushed comedians people with comics, okay. and then he told these old people they were going to get a motivational speaker he's mm-hmm. he was trying to pimp old ladies <laughs> and I still think that went, that would have went completely viral right uh, but what are you going to do you know it's like you just have to keep keep moving I mean look like, somebody, I remember, like, last night, Dean Thomas had meet up, and he's like, why don't you have your own late-night show yet? I'm like, bro, you know, yeah, I could be saying that, like, hey, you know, like, I used to tour with Theo Vaughn, and now, mm-hmm. now Theo Vaughn's blown up, or I tour with this guy, and now this guy's broken up, or this guy used to open up for me, or this guy, and now, the, but the bottom line is, like, I do what I love,
1: Right.
2: I get to do what I love, I got, a, I, got, I got a loving wife, I got a great kid, a loving family, and I got great friends, so... It's our, I'm already in like the 1%, you know, true. it's just a matter getting to that 1%, but if it never happens, like, like, so what? Like, just because somebody is, has, has more commercial success than someone else doesn't mean that they're happier or even better.
0: You know, what? that's I totally mean, true. And that's what I tell people all the time about even myself with this podcast. It's like, if you were to tell me 10 years ago that I would be talking to people in the UFC, headline comedians, people from WWE, I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, I grew up watching all that shit, right? So, even if I don't succeed monetarily, I've succeeded, I guess, I don't know, uh, spiritually or something, if that's the word.
2: You know how many people I know? I know so many people that I've toured with, and this and that. They, they got so much money and uh, and so much fame, but they're cheating on their wives. They're, they're right. fucking... Don't talk to their kids. They're, I mean, they're just miserable miserable fucks. And they're always looking at someone above them going, how come, how come I'm not Joe Rogan, you right. know, or, how come I'm not, this? so it's, it's not like, it, it, all you can do is control what you can control,
0: you know. And speaking of that, the perfect segue, podcasting, that's, yeah. you, you have full control, you don't, well, mind you, obviously you have sponsors to deal with, but at the same time, it's not like TV sponsors, so as long as you say what you, they want to hear, you're good, but they don't, uh, limit you to say anything you have two podcasts right now we'll get into mma roasted because there's a lot i want to touch on but your most current and new podcast daddy issues with dean McDermott and Nikki paris okay daddy issues is it okay i haven't heard it yet is this like porn stars calling in telling you about stories and stuff or like what's going on here no, what, what's the no, that, that was it that, that, no, i don't
2: wish that but that, that sounds like a cool actually premise um no it's basically <laughs> um me and Dean became friends through through comedy. Okay. And uh, Dean's a really great guy, and he he knew I was having a kid, so he gave me like you know he's married to Tori Spelling,
0: right?
2: And he's actually Canadian as well, Dean. Yep. And, and and he gave me all these like baby stuff, and like a crib and a carriage and a this and that, like just all this shit. So we he wanted to get into comedy, and I'm helping him with comedy, and then we we should do a podcast, and Nikki really funny gay comic, and he doesn't have, uh, he has daddy issues of his own, but, so we started this podcast out of the comedy store, and it's going really good, I mean, we, we've interviewed, you know, Tori Spelling, we've interviewed uh, uh, Nikki, uh, I mean, like, Russell Peters we had on, we had Roselle we had uh, Denise Richards on, we oh, had Perez Hilton, and a lot of it is like what we're doing and then a lot of it is like what they're doing. Um, it's a crazy – we're getting so much traction just on Dean alone because oh. Dean will say something like, yeah, you know, Tori's spelling is, is was bejazzled or something. <laughs> and next thing you know, it's on Us Weekly and TMZ. Right. I mean you should see these headlines. Like Tori said uh, – him and Tori, him and, uh, him and Deans and him and Tori, they, they have sex five times a day and they use marijuana sex loot. Oh, nice. And that went crazy. So, every anything he says, and it's <laughs> not just hard to like not goad him into that, because you know, it's, like he said, Tori likes to dress up as Donna Martin and they've had sex and she's Donna Martin. And <coughs> it's insane. So, no. they shipped the door open and an app made the news. So, uh, so we've been getting a lot of people like just People Magazine covering us and stuff. Okay, okay. But it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, that's
1: just a, you know, the MMA Roasted, I love doing, but it's just all MMA. And if
2: unless you're, like, a kind of a hardcore MMA fan, it's like you really don't, especially some of the obscure fighters that I talk to, I try to get people that,
1: you know, it's one thing to get the fighter that everybody's talking to, like Henry Cejudo or someone. But after
2: a while, like, I'm sure as you know, it's pretty much the same answer to the same question. Yep. And they're kind of like, <laughs> and you can just sort of tell that they're going into, like, what they've answered for the twelfth time that week. But yeah. I sometimes I like getting like that fighter that like I had um she I had this girl Sheena Starr on last week. She was the mm-hmm. girl in bare knuckle boxing that wore a Hillary Clinton as a cunt
0: shirt Very oh, right. fight. Okay yeah yeah yeah. And you know her amateur record uh, officially was three and sixteen.
2: She was 0 and four as a pro. You know, she like races dirt dirt trucks on her free time. She's got like four yeah. parakeets And as a, a single mother of two Like like I love talking to people like that so I'm right. like what the fuck But unless you're a hardcore MMA fan You're like why should I care about this Yeah
0: you but know? you know what Like I have to admit Even myself I don't know everyone Like obviously like you said The n- named people And I sort of know like the low run, But the just up and comers That have like a fresh record I don't know jack shit Because I don't follow any amateur At least you follow some amateur So yeah. you'll see the transition And it's easier to follow for you but just the way you, you don't ask the cookie cutter questions. Like you go off the, like you're not fucking Ariel or Lwani sitting there straight frowned and okay, what's this? How did you train for your next fight? But if you ask those, you'll do it with a spin of like, oh, did you, you know, uh, uh, curl uh, a dick or something to get bigger biceps? Like, you know, yeah. like stuff like that.
2: Yeah. I mean, and for the most part, it's been great like that because I'll just, it, it, I also a lot of times people have been to my comedy shows. So they kind of know what right. they're, they're getting into. The hard part is the few times that I've had people get mad were like when Kat Zingano thought she was doing like a regular interview oh, and sure. I asked her if she got like finger banged a lot in high school or something and right. she just like flipped on me. And But then but then she came to my comedy show and told me that like no one had prepared her for the show, you oh, know?
1: okay, gotcha. So,
2: but that's that's few and far between. Uh, most of the time people realize like, you know, what's going on or a lot of times they're the ones that, they're the ones that like want to – they get into like character mode, especially someone like Colby Covington, who's like, "Yeah, I just banged four tricks today." And right. Getting, you know, but those those are fun. You know, those those are fun to me. It's hard when, I mean, it's hard because some of the guys that I like, a guy like, uh, like the, uh, Big Swing and Johnson or something. Jordan Big Swing and Johnson is the last name. Jordan Johnson, great guy, great fighter, but I okay. mean, it's hard to get like a, a fun interview out of them. Right. You know, it's and it's easy, it's hard. I mean, it's one thing in person. But on
1: the phone, it's
0: even harder. Right. And at least with, with you, people know who you are. Like, imagine with me when you don't know who I am. You're sort of reserved. Like, for example, I had, um, what's his name? Uh, Leo Kuntz on the show. And yeah, I've I'm, had him twice yeah, now already. That guy. Yeah, he's amazing. The first time, you could tell he was a bit reserved. He didn't know where I was coming from. But then I had him on the second time. Oh, my God. He fucking opened up. And it was such a great show. Because I had him and Paddy Pemblet from England on. So they were both on at the same time. And, they were, and it was such a great show. And I think the first one wasn't as great only because, again, maybe he didn't know who I was. Maybe he thought I was going to fuck up. Like, you, you never know, right? So, yeah. th- that's the other thing you have to contend with when you talk to so called strangers.
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, and then also, a lot of times you'll talk to people, like, they'll forget they're doing an interview. Like, oh, shit. Wait. Right. but, like, while they're, like, I had Wyman on while he was shopping for a car, you know? Or, so, I mean, the craziest one I ever had, though, I don't think I'm ever going to beat this, was, uh, kid from Finland. Um, Karakani. The from Finland. What was his name? The guy from Finland.
0: Um, uh, Karakani.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he got a blowjob during the interview. That's my favorite That's, episode still to this that day. Was, that was crazy. And he really did, too. Like, you heard the... I was like, oh, my God. Then that guy just, like, went MIA. I haven't seen him since. I don't know what happened to him.
0: I think he fought on a, a Europe card the other day, didn't he?
2: No, he did, but it's hard to, like, reach him.
0: Oh. Well, I, I think...
2: I think I think you got media trained. It's better when they're not oh. media trained.
0: You know? Oh right.
2: But the but the best guys to get are easier than, like, The like guys that are brand new that like no one's talking to because they'll, they'll tell you everything. Or the guys that um, like like the Kevin Randlemans or the Colemans, right? But the guys, that Dan Severn, Don Fry, because <laughs> no one's talking to them anymore, are, a lot of people aren't. So they'll, they'll tell you everything. They have nothing
1: to lose. They'll tell you who was on steroids and right. who's who who's a piece
2: of shit I and mean, they, they, they don't care anymore like, those, those guys are
0: the best well it's true because they have nothing to lose and they're at I guess the end of their career so to speak so yeah, yeah why not still be relevant in some way or another oh right. that's awesome well, okay so you obviously you're at MMA you've wrestled yourself as, as, an, as an amateur who's your favorite fighter of all time I don't think I know this
2: it's hard I mean it's hard probably Frankie Edgar
0: really okay I
2: mean just because he's just uh, he's in every fight Got a ton of heart. There's no quitting them,
0: right? He's
2: great. I mean, but it's hard to separate sometimes, like whether I like the person and whether I like the fighter. Like John Jones, I'll watch John Jones fight every time because of his skill set. But um, as a person, I don't really like care for him that much, or or no, I just don't. You know, just kind of certain choices. I'm like, damn, that's not really how I would have handled it. Of course. Yeah. You know? Um. But then there's like, uh, yeah. I mean. Then there there, there are certain guys, like a Diego Sanchez, where you know you're going to get a good fight every time. Like, that dude's not going to... And he's going to probably have the dumbest fight IQ (laughs) out there, but he just doesn't care.
0: No. He always puts on a show, that's for sure. (laughs) And another thing I wanted to know. Have you ever had... You don't have to name names, obviously. I'm not here to break news or get fucking heat, but have you had anyone on that you've despised and you were not forced to talk, but you're like, oh, I'll have them on anyways?
2: I've had one on that spies. No, but I've had guys that I've been like, uh like um Crazy Horse who changed his name to Felony.
0: I remember that one too. Um, oh no.
2: Something happened something, something gay something, something the word gay came up and he's like, Man, I hope gay people die Right. And and it was something where it was like, fuck, you know, like I obviously I obviously don't have that, that take on things. I don't agree with this, I don't no. like what he's saying. At the no. same time, like, I asked him to be on the show. Right. So, and also, like, he's entitled to have his opinion. Uh, that's what this country's for. I'm not, I'm not going to censor the guy's speech. Um, right. At the same time, people came at me going, how do you not, how come you didn't jump on him? I'm like, well, the guy's name is Felony. Um, <laughs> right. it, which, which he changed from Crazy Horse. Well. uh so I mean, what do you want me to do? Like, am I good, what? Am, what? Am, what am I going to do? Uh, like, it's going to. So th- those are the situations where I'm like. Uh, but also, it's hard sometimes when you have guys that say things that you know they'll get a lot of clicks, right. but you don't want to hurt their careers.
0: Oh, true.
2: Uh, so like, even like there was a couple times where uh, Matt Brown said some things. I was like, uh, we should. We, we like pulled that mm. cowboy. We pulled it, um, mm. um, it, and I didn't even tell them how I was pulling it, right? Because they probably would wouldn't care, but I didn't want them to get in trouble. Uh, Makes sense. So uh, yeah, and all because they're doing me a solid by coming on,
1: right? So
2: that was that. That was the hard part. But then also, I'm like, well, I want the the clicks,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know. So it's that. That's the hard part because. If I was a real journalist, I would have kept it. But I'm not a real journalist. That's true. I've never claimed to be a real journalist.
0: You know, I'm sort of the same way. as I approach it the same way as you. To me, it's if the guest doesn't want it on or something said that it's out of line or if they revealed something you're supposed to and they tell me after, no questions asked, it's gone. I don't even fight it. I don't give two shits. That's not what the interview is about or the talk. But I've never on my own taken a chunk of a conversation unless obviously there's audio problems or something and you can't hear it then there's no point yeah but if it's something yeah. like controversial whatever hey that's again like you just said it's not me it's them talking what, what am i supposed to say stop talking
2: i know i just part of it was like didn't want them to get in trouble in some ways i, I it was sort of a protection on on their part and yeah i see but also too. but then i also go well i don't want the ufc then coming at me and saying like you can't do this guy's podcast
0: oh you know? true
2: so there's i don't know i mean if, if I as if I had, I wouldn't say integrity. So, as like a friend, I was right. being a nice guy. If, if, I was, if I had journalistic integrity, I would have kept it. But, you know, so it's like, but it's, you know, it, it's hard. I mean, also, at the time, I was at Fox Sports, and they told me to pull it, too.
0: Oh, that's right. So, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So, so, is that where MMA rules got its start with Fox Sports, or were you something before? No, it
2: actually me and this guy, Scott Epstein, who's a jiu jitsu. He was like my juicer coach, and I was the wrestling coach, and we decided to do a podcast together. And then uh, we, we parted ways. Um, and then I, I got picked up by Fox Sports, and they called me and they gave me a like a like a two or three year deal as for a
0: podcast and for those texts from last fight, those group text chats I was doing. Right. yeah. Uh,
2: but then. The guy at Fox Sports who hired me left. Mm. The other guy left. And then the new guy was like, well, we can't do your podcast anymore. We can't pay you for it. And the text chat, they had me on salary to do those text chats. Okay. So, like, first it was every week. And I was getting paid every week whether I did them or not. Mm. But they're the ones who didn't want to do them. I was like, I'll put them out every week. Sure. So they wanted to do them twice a month. But they were paying me every week. Then they were like, we're just going to pay you X amount of money. for the And, like, no, like, it, 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 it would have... My my salary would have went like to like a fifth of what it was. Right. So I actually walked from that deal, and people were wow. like, "You're leaving us." So I'm like, "Yeah, like th- these things take a lot of time, right? And and if you're not going to pay me what the deal that you guys offered, then it's just, I'm not going to do it. You know. I mean, that it's been hard. MMA business. The MMA business of comedy has been like, because I, I, I wouldn't say I invented the genre, mm. but I definitely like. Had my place in the genre. Of course. And it's hard because a lot of times people, they're like, oh, we want to do comedy. We want your brand. You know, we want your 78,000 followers to do. Mm. To come over here. But then when I do it, they're like, oh, we don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> or we don't fuck? want anyone getting mad at us. Okay. Or, so they're like, we, we want your brand, but we want to take away 90% of the jokes in your brand. Wow! And then I put it out, and then the people are like, "How did you not see that joke?" Like I'm like, "What? Well, I did." But they just got the punchline, so like then kept the setup. Right, right. So it's 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 hard to find that that balance mm. of yeah. If you want MMA they and you want the and you, and like you want the the comedy that comes along with it, then you have to trust the fact that this this is going to be funny, you know, <laughs> and then trust the fact that like there's a line. I know the line, but. You know, it's like you can't keep moving the goalpost.
0: Thank you, right? Because like, yeah. it's not fair to you guys as entertainers because then even... I'm not to say that you guys recycle material, but even older material after makes no sense. And then you look back like, what the fuck was I trying to accomplish there, right? And it's just... it's. I guess it would be a mind fuck for you guys because it's such a, a fast-moving ball. Like, every day, it's a new thing you can't make fun of. Like, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I mean, and it's a recently, like, I, I was doing one where I was like, Diego Sanchez has been undefeated since a divorce or something. And then okay. I had Travis Brown come in and say, oh, Rhonda, it's over. Like, it was something where, like, doing a text chat and that was it. And they were like, the company I was working for
1: said, oh, we, we can't mention Diego's divorce. It's too personal. Oh, wow.
2: I'm like, this Are is public kidding? knowledge, wow. you know? So it was like, um, that it was that kind of thing where it was like... uh. Or I had, like, someone say, like, Rogan say, yeah, this girl's a stone-cold killer, like Amanda Nunez. And O.J. Simpson was like, oh, does she need any help? And then they were like, oh, we can't make any O.J. jokes. It was like, all right, you know,
0: just... my God. You,
2: like, you can't have, like, the whole world making jokes about one thing, and then you say you're not allowed to. Right. It's like you're just, you're tying my hands behind my back and, tell, and throwing me out in the ring. So, it's, uh... But it's okay. I mean, the good the good thing about that's the one thing I love about stand up comedy, and my podcast is that there's nothing I, I really can't say. That's true. You know, it's up to the audience to laugh. Mm-hmm. I mean, once once in a while I have people walk out and be like, "Oh, it was too much." But it's really like me and the audience. Like they, that's the that's the pure thing. That's why I loved wrestling because you know when I played for other sports, it was like, "Oh, this kid's dad's the coach and right. he started on and." there's like a lot of political bullshit and on a soccer team and I wouldn't play. I wasn't very good. I shouldn't have played, but at least there was other reasons, excuses where wrestling is like, if I won, if I beat everyone on the, on the, on, in my weight class, I was the starter. Right. And if I, and if I wrestled the kid and I, and I won, like I won, maybe once in a while you get a bad call on a ref, but even that, yeah. shouldn't you know, and stand up comedy. Like I go on stage and if, the, if I make a joke and they laugh, you can't deny the fact that they were laughing, right? um So that's th- those the two really, really pure mediums that I'm, I'm involved in. Mm-hmm.
1: But everything
2: outside that is, I would say it's bullshit. But it's a <laughs> lot of like, oh, he got that because you know his agent represents you know Dan Cook, and they want Dan Cook to do the festival, so they're going to bring that kid too. It's just yeah, a right. lot of other type of shit that goes on. But that's, you know, as long as you keep doing a good job making the crowd laugh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: normally the club will book you back.
1: Mm-hmm. Unless,
2: you're a complete, unless you're a complete asshole of somebody or you piss somebody off or you, right. you, you, you fucked a chick in the condo or something. <laughs> or whatever, whatever, whatever you shouldn't have done right. otherwise. You do a good job. They laugh. People, people say, I had a great time. You're getting booked back.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: um, and same but wrestling. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, just, it's just hard. It's hard to find things in life that are that
0: pure it's true like where it's all solely on you and you yourself you're not relying on other people no i get it i totally get it okay one more thing about mma roasted you have like a rotating door of crazy fucking co-hosts like some that come to mind like greg wilson is awesome obviously R- renato to L- L- laranja uh cb yeah. gold even even though i haven't heard him in a while he, he was great when he was on okay and please the ween dog I-, I have to know is that really him? Is that the ween dog in real life? Or, again, is he putting on an act for the show? Because hearing his sex capades every week and what he goes through, like, who is really that type of person? Like, come on, man. Look, as far as I know,
2: <laughs> everything he says is true. Okay. I, I don't know because I'm not there seeing well, people obviously. holding to some girl's head while having sex with her. Or he's got a BB gun underneath his bed. Like, like, when you hang out with him, he's right. super quiet. Oh. And, and, like, very, very polite. Okay. And just, like, just a nice kid. Right. Like, but you don't know what's going on in his mind. So, <laughs>
1: okay.
2: but he, he also, though, gets comedy and he listens to a lot of podcasts. Oh. Okay. So, the Wean Dog actually is a, as valuable as he is as my sound guy because mm-hmm. he's like, without him, I don't even know what. He just does stuff. He's just amazing at that. He's a very loyal kid. Right. He also like, if there's like a lull. In the show, he'll mm-hmm. just say something like, you know, like, hey, last night I fucked a rabbit or something. You know, whatever he'll say, and you're like, what? Like, so he kind of, he kind of guessed that. He, right. He's really good at picking, picking low points and just saying the most shit that you're just like. So I don't know if he's doing that because he, he knows that we're going to have to, you know, but like, I, I really do think he thought it was a good idea to get an ice cream truck
0: and, and interview kids at a school. <laughs> I it on YouTube. <laughs> I couldn't like, stop like, laughing honestly, at that one. Like, who comes up with this? Like, literally, like, does he not know he's going to get in shit for that? Like, that's what I mean. <laughs> oh, man, you got to love him. But, no, he's awesome. He had so much, again, uh, if if you if you were a color commentary team, he would be strictly just a color of the whole show, man. <laughs> oh, he's,
2: unbe- he's unbelievable. That, that thing is, like, the thing was, he started off as just a sound guy, and then right. we started talking. I was like, oh my God. Like, I'm like, where do you find these people? Like, CB <laughs> Gold found me. He okay. came up to me, like, he came to like five of my shows and they told me like, like every fighter. And then when I saw his five McGregor tattoos, right. I was like, all right, we got to get this guy, <laughs> you know. But I, he was like the most, like the, the crazy one before Ween Dog came in.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, and now he's, he's like a normal one.
2: <laughs> yeah, and he, right, no, totally. Like, that's what, um, Greg Wilson was like, where do you find these like these guys like slither up from the he's like from like the <laughs> the, whatever, the
0: potholes in the ground, like, hey, know everything about MBA? And then you're like, join the podcast. Oh shit. That's hilarious. Okay, before we get into the dumbass of the week and wrap this shit up, because I know you're a busy guy. <laughs> I'm always interested too, from one stutterer to another, as oh, an yeah. entertainer. How do you deal with it? What's your secrets? What gets you by it? Do you find, okay, like myself, I know when I'm about to stutter, so I literally stop myself midway. Do you care anymore? Like, what's going on with all this thing?
2: When I listen back, I'm like, ugh, you know, like in the moment, it's okay. It's hard because sometimes, like last night I had a show for a speech pathologist convention. Oh, shit. And and I was like, I couldn't even say pathologist. I'm like, (laughs) I need to join you guys. So, I mean, right. when I was younger and I would get nervous, it was really bad. Right. Like, if I, there was a girl I liked, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. I, it was, I was, came up completely. Now, and then also, I would start sentences, realize I would get to a word that I couldn't really say, and just divert to a
0: different... I would just change the sentence around. That's what I do. To, you know, which is yeah. not very
2: good. because. And then also, in my family... If you didn't talk really fast, you were not going to get heard, because you're going to get interrupted every third word by somebody, even now, to the point where you can't get a thought out without someone interrupting you, and then you have to explain, and then you're getting mad, and being like, just fucking listen, right. so um, it's better now, it's easier when I'm on stage, it's hard when I'm improvising sometimes, because I'll mm. be on a roll, and then I'll get to a word, and I'm like, Ugh. and then... A lot of times I'll think of the word and then i the word then becomes the stuttering part. So oh. now I'm already locked into the stutter right. and not what I'm trying to say. That being said, yeah, it's definitely held me back from acting jobs, hosting jobs, comedy jobs. I've taken so many speech lessons. When I actually took them, mm. it got so much better. Oh,
0: okay. And then
2: I would, but then I would stop, you know, sometimes and uh, just. You know, life caught up to me. It's actually easy when I have a kid because my daughter, I'm like teaching her words. Mm. After And you know what's actually helped me the most? Not really stuttering, but like slurring is there's an app called Headliner. Oh, okay. that, And the app, um, it transcribes whatever you're trying to say for you. So mm. you put a video in and it does it for you. Mm. Now, I know that there are some words it's not going to be able to read.
1: Okay. So my, my sentences come out crazy. So then I have to redo them. But if I talk at the rate that I know that it's going to actually make sense, mm-hmm. is when that's the rate I should be talking at. Right. So I have to, like, talk
2: as if I'm transcoding myself on a on headliner. But uh, it's, a, I mean, whatever. It is what it is. Um, I definitely wish I did not stutter, but it used to be a lot worse. Oh, okay. It used to be like I couldn't get a sentence out without stuttering.
0: Oh, you were that bad. See, I wasn't really that bad. I found again, same thing as you. When I would get nervous, I'd start stuttering and it was certain words and I would do like the, like that's as far as I would go. And then it would come out. I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be able to not pronounce a word or I stop mid word because I can't say the rest of it. And obviously by listening to the show, all the viewers know already how I am. But to me, what really helps a lot, believe it or not, is smoking weed and CBD. That helps (sighs) the most. I find that as soon as I smoke a joint, it's like as if I don't stutter at all. I, at all. Like, it's one of those things that just goes away. That's why I was interested to know what you do to, I guess, when you're on stage and whatever. I think
2: working working out helps a lot. Tiring my body out. Oh, okay. You know, if I'm, like, even when I do comedy, if I don't do, uh, if I don't work out during the day. Right. Like, my set is way too fast. And a lot of times, I'll be on stage
1: and the audience isn't laughing because they didn't understand what I said. Oh, Not shit. To- joke isn't funny, right? And I'm like, Ugh. that's and that's
2: frustrating too, because you did all that work and you just mumbled those words. But it's gotten better. It definitely, it's not perfect. I think that as a, if I ever get like a my own late night talk show, that would be a huge obstacle. Oh. But I have to I have to deal with it. You know, it's like that's part of life, and this is the career that I chose. I think if yeah. I would have chose a career that didn't have to do with talking, I probably would have made a lot more money. <laughs> At this rate, but I wouldn't be as, wouldn't as fun. I wouldn't have banged her. I did. And I remember when I was younger and I was like in fifth grade with the summer camp and this hot girl liked me. She was right. just, like, smoking hot. Okay.
1: And then when I started talking, it was over. So, <laughs> oh. and my friend
2: told me that. He's like, dude, you would have banged her if you hadn't stopped talking if you hadn't talked. I don't think I only banged her. I hooked up with her. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. I, and again, I find it odd that you were the opposite. When, if I have something written down and I have to read it word for word, that's when I start stuttering. To me, I, I'm better off the cuff. Like just, oh, wow. like even when I do like these talks when I have on the podcast with people, everything's in point form just so I know when to go on to what next. But it's not like a detailed, oh, I want to talk about this, 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 that, just whatever it goes into. It. And I find that that's a lot easier for me at least because I'm not overthinking, I guess, like that. All right, let's go into the dumbass of the week. Let's see if we both agree if this person's a dumbass or not. Usually, they're always from the States, and I'm sorry, usually they're always from Florida. Again, being an American, I'm sure you know most of the, the dumbasses they're come from Florida. Florida. yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> and okay, one thing I noticed here in, in L.A., and let's see if you are a part of this as well. Every time I go to a restaurant or being in a hotel and I use a public washroom, no one fucking washes their hands in L.A. What's wrong with you guys? I don't know.
2: Yeah, people, it's, people in LA are crazy. They're I,
0: crazy. I don't get it. Like, everyone in Canada, in Toronto, or well, at least in Toronto, when you use the washroom, we, anywhere you go, there's always people washing your hands. Here, nothing. They literally take but a piss then, But then, and then they won't, like, won't drink tap water. Are you kidding but, me?
2: It has to be bottled water, but then it won't wash their hands. It's crazy.
0: All right. Well, this has to do with a, a toilet incident. Have you ever been to a friend's house and you forget to flush a toilet? Uh...
2: I never forgot, but I've broken some toilets before.
0: Okay, I've broken toilet, but that's not really your fault, unless you're shoving shit down it, you know what I mean? Right, of course. Because it's yeah, just, yeah. L- look at the draw. Has anyone ever been to your house and not flushed? How about that? Uh, No, people, no, no. I
2: don't think so.
0: Okay, so maybe you, you won't know what's going on in this man's head. But anyways, so two guys, friends, one guy goes to his house, uses the toilet, f- forgets to flush. So the owner of the house starts yelling at him, which is understandable. Like, what the fuck? He forgot to flush the toilet. What does his one of his best friends do? Goes to his car, pulls out a machete, and threatens to kill him. <laughs> no, is he a dumbass?
2: Yes, of course he is a dumbass. That's not. I mean, over over that. Yes, he's beyond a dumbass. I mean, now he's gonna go to jail. He's getting charged for that.
0: Yeah, and he actually is in, He's still in jail to this day and waiting to be released on bond.
2: Oh, my God. Wow. That's, yeah, that's next level. My wife, when she doesn't, um, she actually, like, she, she, when she takes a dumb I'm supposed to faucet on, so I won't hear her. Okay. I wish she would just close the door.
0: <laughs> what the? F- it's no. true. Why not? Oh, okay, I was going to say, what the hell? <laughs> it's joking. It's joking. No, that's uh, a good one. But,
2: yeah, that guy's a complete dumbass, because now he's in jail having to. He's not, I guarantee he's not threatening people To not plug the toilet so. But
0: again this is, goes back to how sensitive people are Like literally You did something wrong And this is today's society You're the one in, in fault But yet you still think you're right And you think that you should retaliate Because this man pointed it out to you Like that. everyone's feelings I, get hurt I
2: have a feeling like that that, like, that was the straw That broke the camel's back I don't think that Maybe. was the starting off point I think there was like some fucking guy's wives Or some shit went down before that That's just, the fun, that's just what they tell you
0: I wonder what actually happened. You know? I know, right? But also, it also
2: might be funny to, like, in court, to have to have, like, bring in the Exhibit A, like, like the <laughs> fucking shit in there, and show everybody.
0: Well, here's the perfect ending to the story. When the police approached him and asked him why he did it, you know what his response was? This is classic. This guy has, probably want to be a comedian. He tells shit the cops... Happens. Sorry? Well, shit happens. Thank you. Exactly. See, you, th- you think like a comedian. He, that's exactly what yeah. he told the cops. Shit happens. <laughs>
2: Oh, God. That's ridiculous.
0: Maybe you wanted to Ridic- go viral. Yeah, probably did. Oh, shit. All right, Adam. Actually, one last thing before you plug your shit. I always lie. I always have one last question hidden. Sure. I need you to do this for me, my friend, please. Roast me. Say something about me. I have to get roasted by the, the master himself. Anything is on the table. I don't give two fucks. Go right ahead. I mean, well, I mean, you definitely look like you're uh, an extra from a Al Jazeera training video. <laughs> My God And that's what I love And then again Have you ever roasted someone Where it got so pissed off That you thought They were going to knock you The fuck out Yes Oh shit
2: Yes Yes Wow but at, at, at that wedding When the guy attacked me If you look up Community <laughs> attacked at a wedding on, you know, on YouTube Some guy got they, they hired me to roast They hired me to go to this wedding And start roasting people right. And pretend guy marrying them and then break out my comedy routine. And there was a guy in the front who had like highlights. And I was like, sorry, sorry your band broke up. Or I called him, like, you know, something like you know, Bon Jovi's, you know, Neanderthal Brothers. And the guy got up and like pushed me. And this is like during a wedding. What? And it burned out. And I was like, don't stop believing. Um, and then it went viral. It got like half a million hits. It's been on, like, ten different
0: TV shows, like World's Worst Weddings and When Weddings Gone Bad and all that stuff. Oh, my God. I'll be checking that out as soon as we get off the air. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. On that note, plug away, my friend, where people can find uh, you.
2: Daddy Issues Podcast, MMA Roasted Podcast. Um, I'm going to be at the House of Comedy in Phoenix uh, at the, in the middle of September, uh, October. I'm in Myrtle Beach at the Carolina Comedy Club beginning of October. I'm also going to be at Tiff's Comedy Club in New Jersey in October. Just go to adamhunter.com. See my whole
0: schedule. And for myself, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, under Fingerstyles, Styles, oh. The Podcast, The Podcast app, and email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at The Podcast app at gmail.com. Rewind to the top of the show, listen to the sponsors, support them, helps them out, helps me out, and please rape, not rape, wow. Rate, subscribe, and review on all the major platforms, but especially iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Those are the two big ones. That's what helps all us, I guess, independent podcasters out. All good, my friend? Thank you, man. I'll
2: talk to you soon, Steve.
0: Sounds good. On that note, he's Adam. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace.